Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to look here at verse number 2. And then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 28 and look at verse number 20. 1 Corinthians 4, verse number 2. Moreover, it is required. Now, if you have a pen, highlighter, feel free to underline that word, highlight it. But required in stewards that a man, or we would say today a person, would be found faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a person be found faithful. Faithful means you can rely on them. You can put your trust in them. You can count on them. How many of you know we just got done singing about God's faithfulness? Why is God faithful? Because we can rely on him. We can trust him to be a person of his word. We can trust him to be not just a hearer of our prayers, but a performer of them because he is faithful. Now, what this verse is telling us is God has stewards here in the earth, people that he trusts things with. Do I have anybody here that wants to qualify as that? Like, I'd like to be a person that God could trust me with some things. Now, oftentimes when stewardship is mentioned, and deservedly so, we think about finances. And I do believe, from what I see from Scripture, that God will trust finances to certain people, and there's other people he will not trust finances with because of their faithfulness. In life, uh, in the kingdom of God, everything comes down to stewardship. I'm not an owner of my life. How many of you know, if I'm a Christian... I've been bought with a price, and my life is not my own. So I'm so thankful that Jesus is my Savior, but Jesus is also my Lord. And and Lordship's not talked about a lot today. We want God to save us from everything, but how many of you know he is faithful to save? But if, if we would allow the Lord to be our Lord, I think it would help with the saving part. And out of that, what that means to me, and from my context of studying Scripture, is it simply means my hands are not my own. I don't get to do anything I want to do with my hands. I'm a steward of them. Uh, My eyes are not my own. My eyes can't watch anything they want to watch. I don't own them. I've been bought with a price. My eyes belong to the Lord. I don't get to sit down just wherever I want and entertain myself with whatever I want to entertain myself with. I have a Lord. Uh, And I'm a steward of the very oxygen that is in my lungs right now. I'm a steward of a heart. I'm a steward of a kidney. Like, I'm a steward of this body. And out of that, I need to be faithful with that stewardship. And what that means is, is I will not just be a hearer of God's word concerning those things, but I will be a doer of that word as well. And here's how God works. He says, I'm going to entrust some things in your care. This is taught in Matthew chapter 25. You see it here in in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2 as well. 
I'm going to put certain things into your care. I'm going to put a certain amount of finances into your care. I'm going to put a certain amount of knowledge in your care. I'm going to put a certain amount of revelation in your care. And I am going to watch what you do with what I gave you to determine if I can give you more. And this is not just a financial thing. This is even a revelation thing. This is even, you know, we're in the series, I think I heard from God. This is even an an instruction thing. What you do with the last thing God spoke to your heart has everything to do if God can show you the next thing. And if I have not been faithful with the last thing, I can't walk in the next thing because it is required. Everyone say required. Oh, you sound so good today. It is required in a steward that they be found faithful. I had a conversation with a missionary the other day. I zoomed in all the way from India. It's amazing what connection allows us to do today. And I'm on the, the phone with them, and we're seeing each other face to face. And he was talking to me about growing in his relationship with the Lord and how he just wanted God to speak to him about great and mighty things and kind of show him the next steps for his life and his family and his, his child and, you know, the next step for ministry, like all these things we want God to, to speak to us about. And it pleased me. Because the more spiritual you get, the more you care about spiritual things. That's one of the things, you know, you know, one of the chief characteristics of a true spiritual man or woman is they esteem earthly things lightly. That's the truth. When you begin walking with God, the more interested you become in all the things money can't buy. Love, joy, peace, relationship, connection with God, connection with family, connection with friends. Like When you truly begin to develop a heart hunger for the Lord, you begin to esteem earthly things lightly. And you begin to care about, is God speaking to me? You begin caring about waking up in the morning and having God show you something in his word. It, It matters to you. It means something to you. How many of you know it's the same way with the Lord? The Lord doesn't see money the way that we see money. In fact, he considers money a very light thing. And the Lord said, if you're not faithful with that very light thing in money, who can give you true riches? So we would look at money and call it riches, and God would say, (laughs) that's just the first level of it. You want to talk about riches, I've got to walk with you that you've never dreamed of before. I can show you great and mighty things which you know not of. I I can cause you to walk in a peace that passes all understanding, a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Like there's a whole other type of life out there. So it pleased me that his attention and affection was not just on let me increase my monthly partnership, but it was I want to know the Lord better. Amen. That's a sign of growth. And so I told him this. I said, man, I'm with you. I want God to speak to me about all those things. But I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yes, Pastor. You ask me anything that you want. I said, what have you done with what he's already told you? He said, well, what do you mean? That's what I'm, I'm talking about. I need him to speak to me. I'm in this season of my life where I need him to speak to me. I said, he has. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, in the word of God. 
Have you clothed the naked? Have you fed the hungry? You got any enemies? Have you forgiven them? Have you turned the other cheek? What about your your partnership base? Are you tithing out of that, all the money that comes in? Are you tithing out of that? Like God has already asked you to do that in your word. I said, here's the thing you have to understand is that God will test your stewardship and your faithfulness in that stewardship with the things he's already asked you to do. And when you're a doer of that word and not just a hearer of it only, you'll be blessed in your deed. And the blessing is not stuff. It can be, but it's not limited to. It's not just stuff. It is more revelation. It is a deeper connection with God. It is a heart that is yielded and submitted to the Lord. And when I'm faithful in the little, it opens up the door for God to give me more. And I said, here's what you got to do. Focus on doing what God has already asked you to do. And when you've been faithful with the last thing, it'll pave the way for God to show you the next thing. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm preaching real good this morning. How many of you know? Throughout your walk with the Lord, things are going to come up in your heart. There's going to be some messages so boring, you can't wait to eat. Like, that's all you can focus on. It's just, I can't wait for lunch. There's going to be others that talk right to you. There's going to be some podcast, you're working out, just listening to podcasts, and you just skip on to the next one. And then there's going to be another one. That it's like the Holy Spirit begins dealing right with your heart. There's going to be moments where you're, you're, you're sitting. Maybe you finally got still enough because God's the only voice that's big enough to speak in silence. And you got still enough to actually just, just connect with God. And in a blink, God will show you something. I've had God speak to me while watching a movie. That's the truth. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, just sitting there. And I don't know if, I, if it was I got still enough. Or, you know, maybe I created less movement because I finally just sat or whatever it may be. But God will speak to my heart. Well, what do you do with that? How much honor do you place on it? How how good are you at stewarding or taking care of, we would say, that word? To become a doer of what the Lord is showing you and not just a hearer of it only. It's required, he says, for a steward that they be found faithful. I can depend on you to do something with what I showed you. I can depend on you to do something with what I revealed to you. It's required for God to entrust me with more that I be found faithful with what I already have. Go over the book of Proverbs. We're in 1 Corinthians. Book of Proverbs, you probably know this scripture. It's found in the Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 20. Proverbs 28 and verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. Uh, it'll be on the screen as well. In Proverbs 28 and 20, it says this. A faithful person shall abound with blessings. But he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Notice the first part of that verse. A faithful person will abound with blessings. Uh, The word abound just means overflow 
And blessings is all-inclusive. It's not just limited. In our Western world, we always think about finances. It's funny how we think. But in the Eastern culture, uh, and I've, I've been blessed to be able to travel enough uh, to get familiar with other cultures, and our Bible came from the East. It did not come from the West. In Eastern culture, when you think of blessings, you see a rich life. And when I say a rich life, I'm not talking about just financially. I'm talking about your souls at peace. There's a calm delight that's on you. There's, there's not this tension constantly about life and this warring and fighting and trying to get free. Like there's just a, a peace to be blessed is when nothing is missing and nothing is broken, life is working. And he says that there is a place where you can abound in blessing, but who's it reserved for? The faithful person. See, God has to have a reason. How many of you know God loves us all the same? Amen. God's not a respecter of persons. Thank God for that. He's not a respecter of persons. But he's got to have a reason why one can abound in blessings and another one's not. And what's he looking for? Faithfulness. You know, the first miracle of Jesus, what was it? Turning water into wine. You know how that miracle happened? Jesus' mother came to those boys and said, whatever he tells you to do, do what with it? Do it, whatever it is, like whatever it is, whatever he asks you to do, do it. And you would look at the surface when he gives them the commandment to fill the water pots up with water. They could logically reason themselves out of not being a doer of that word. Like it would just, well, what, what does that have to do with wine? Like we're out of wine, we're not out of water. And it's gonna take all this time and all this effort to take the water pots and fill them up with water. Like what does water have to do with wine? And in the natural, absolutely nothing. But in the spirit, absolutely everything. And so oftentimes in our prayer time, we're talking to God about the wine. But God has been over here talking to us about the water for six months straight. And we're still arguing why it doesn't make any sense to do it. And we don't have any idea the connection between filling the water puts up with water and the wine that God wants to give that's the best wine that anybody's tasted. What has the Holy Spirit put on your heart? What's the Lord been dealing with you about? I've had the Lord deal with me about starting a morning devotional. I've had the Lord deal with me about cutting certain things out of my entertainment. I've had the Lord deal with me about tithing. There was a time in my life where I didn't tithe. I've had the Lord deal with me about tithing. I've had the Lord deal with me about offerings. I've had the Lord deal with me about all kinds of stuff. I've had the Lord deal with me to make friends. I've had the Lord deal with me to separate from some friendships, that they needed to be more in the ministry category than the friendship category. I've had the Lord deal with me about all those kinds of stuff. And you know what? You have too. Can I ask you, how faithful have you been with what he showed you? Because the foundation for all miracles that started the miracles of Jesus was just simply this. Whatever he tells you to do, even if you don't understand what A has to do with B, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Can you imagine in scripture them arguing with God about, it's walled cities, God. We got some walled cities around us. Like we need some grappling hooks or some catapults or something like that. And God's like, nope, just walk around it. Just walk around it and finally shout when you hear the horn. It's like, 
what does that have to do with walls coming tumbling down? And in one hand, absolutely nothing. But on the other, absolutely everything. Can I ask you, what have you done with all that the Lord has put on your heart? I would challenge you this week, maybe even today, write down this question. In this season of my life, Father, what do I need to focus on? In this season of my life, Holy Spirit, what do I need to pay attention to? Is there anything, Father, the Holy Spirit needs to bring to my remembrance so that I can be a doer of that word and not just a hearer only, thereby which I may be blessed in my deed because a faithful person abounds in the blessing of the Lord. A number of years ago when we built phase one, this building uh, was built in two phases. So on the other side of that foyer, what's now Children's Church in the children's area, used to be the only thing that was on this property. We call it phase one. This is phase two. And right after we built phase one, there was a, a couple in our church by the name of Ed and Dana Trim. They came to me and my wife, and they said, we want to um, celebrate the opening of the church as well as we know you're tired because uh, it takes a lot of faith and everything else to build a building. And so we want to give you a, a good rest, and we'd love to send you on a cruise. I didn't even have to hear from God to say yes. It's amazing. I'm like, yes. It's like, do you want to pray about it? No. Yes. We will go. We will go. Yes. When? Tomorrow? We're there. And so they sent us, and they came with us. Well, they also brought, they felt led, talking about being led by the Holy Spirit, they felt led to bring another couple who were missionaries to India and to give them that trip as well. Now, I, I had known this, this family, um, but had not had been in close connection with them. And so I was looking forward to getting to know them as well. So we're on the cruise, having a great time. And one day I'm out praying uh, on the back of the boat overlooking the scenery. And the Lord deals with me. He speaks to my heart. And he says, I want you to serve, and he named this missionary, I want you to serve him in India. I want you to serve him. I want you to get behind his life, get behind his ministry, and I want you to serve him. I said, you got it, Lord. And he said, this is how serious I am about it. I want you to cut covenant over it. I want you to get in covenant, that you are covenanting yourself to serve him in India. Since then, the Lord has showed me that everybody needs somebody and something to serve. The greatest among us is the servant of all. And the only way to serve is to have somebody or something that you can serve. And you know what? When you humble yourself and take on the form of a servant, God will highly exalt you. And give you a name that's above every other name. It's the principle of Jesus. That you come and you wash somebody else's feet. And they come to you and be like, no, you, we should be washing your feet. And he's like, but no, if I do this for you, you should do this for someone else. It's the principle of the kingdom. You decrease, Jesus increases. And when he increases, you increase. It's amazing how it all works. Anyway, the Lord showed me, you need to serve him. You need somebody to serve. And I want you to serve him to the extent that you cut covenant with him. I said, okay, 
I'm like, how do you want me to do that? And he said, I want you to give him your watch. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no. I, I literally told the Lord no. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, and anyway, I told him, I said, Lord, not that. I said, Lord, anything but that. And it was a nice watch, but that wasn't why. My wife had saved up for years to buy me that watch. And when I say years, I mean years. And it meant a lot to me. Well, how many of you know the Lord knows what means a lot to you? Just ask Abraham. He knows what has your affection. He knows what has your heart. And God will ask for Isaac. And whether or not you give it has everything to do with what God can take you to. And so I told the Lord, I said, no, Lord, not that. I literally told him, anything but that. And he said, no, I want you to give that. I said, why? He said, because covenant cuts. Covenant cuts. In the Old Testament, you, you would cut covenant with somebody, and you could see the cut. Like, you could see it. If, if they were in a covenant relationship with you, you could see the cut. How many of you know on our Lord Jesus, you can see the cut? You can see it. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he could have given him a resurrected body that had no cut or wound on it. That was completely redeemed from the holes, from the, the, the crown of thorns. That was completely redeemed from the nails that were put in his wrist. That was completely redeemed from the spear that was in his side. But God left it. God left the cut. Why? So you can see it. Thomas comes and he's like, I don't know if this is really Jesus. And Jesus said, come here. Put your hand to my side. He could see the cut. Why? Why did he leave the cut? So you could see the devotion of God. You could see his love. You could see how committed he was to you. And in your relationship with God, he's coming for a cut. And there's going to be something in your life that God begins to deal with your heart about. For a lot of people, it starts with tithing. That's the first wound. It's like, what? What? You want me to do what? It cuts. It's covenant. And it's not just, oh, I love the Lord Jesus. It's like, see, I love you. I love you more than I love myself. I trust you more than I trust myself. It's a cut. It's a covenant. And as you grow with the Lord, he takes that deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you don't mind it because your devotion for the Lord grows deeper and deeper. And you understand it's not mine to begin with. And the more I take on the role of a steward, the more God can trust me with because I'm faithful with everything he puts in my care. So I told the Lord, I said, not that. He said, no, you need to. It's a cut. I'm like, but he might give the watch away. Like, he might give it away. And I can't see it when he's wearing it. And I remember the covenant. He said, you won't forget this. And it's the truth. I still think about that watch. <laughs> he said, the cut's not for him. It's for you. So I came to him. We were walking in the, the hallway of the boat. And we're down there, uh, you know, walking. And 
And I said, I want to give you something. And I took the watch off my wrist. I gave it to him. And he's blown away by it. He's like, oh, I can. I'm like, yes, you can. I just take it. You know you want it. I didn't say that. (laughs) I wanted to. I didn't say that. So I said, I, I gave it to him. And I said, it's a sign of covenant between me and you. And I'm going to support your work in India. If you need something, I need something because we're in covenant. And so from that month forward, we began to cut him a check from the church, and I began to cut him a check personally to help the ministry. And it was substantial enough that we could hire employees for it, but the Lord had us send it to another work because that's what we do. We want to change the world with radical generosity. Anyway, for years I did this. And this past October, I went to India to preach for him because that was part of the covenant I cut with God is I would not just serve him with my resources, I would serve him with my time. And so I I went over there to teach and preach and all those kinds of things. And they had just built this hotel, this brand new hotel right in the middle of nowhere in India. And I was so thankful for it because it had hot water and clean sheets. And on the mission field, hot water and clean sheets goes a long way. And it also had some elevation to it. And I was sitting in my room, and I was overlooking this, this like, jungle area. And it had a train, India's famous for its trains. It had this train track that was there, and trains would come by. And one morning, right when dawn was breaking, I, I got up to have my morning devotional. And I'd open my, my windows, because I'd reconfigured. You ever done this in a hotel room? I reconfigured the room to look out the window. Don't, I put it back before I left, but, but I, I wanted, like, they had a desk. I'm like, the desk is pointed in the wrong direction. Picked up the desk, turned it. I'm like, I will work right in front of the window. And so I'm there looking out the window, looking at this train track. Dawn is breaking. Sun is rising. It's a beautiful day. And I start praying, and the Lord speaks to my heart. And he says, Joel, you have been unfaithful. And your support of this ministry. And when he said it, I knew exactly what he was talking about. And he said this, he said, because of your unfaithfulness, you have discouraged him. Because what should have happened has not happened. Because you have not been faithful with what I've asked you to do. And it's discouraged his heart. And it's delayed the ministry I want to bring to this area. And I told the Lord, I said, you're right. And I had a reason. You ever had a reason why you didn't do what God asked you to do? It's like, normally I would forgive enemies every time, but this one is different. You ever had a reason? Another, another, another word for reason. You ever had an excuse as to why you didn't? Like this month's different. We can't give this month. This month is different. You ever ever had an excuse? Well, how many of you know I'm human? Human. (laughs) And I had an excuse. And any area where you get more expertise in, you get more opinionated in. And any area of your life where you are highly opinionated in is almost always the chief place of pride in your life. 
So in ministry, I've been doing this, October will be 19 years, this October, 19 years. Been doing this for 19 years. I've got a lot of opinions of how to run a ministry, uh, of what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how it should operate, how it should not operate, like all those types of things. And for about three years, the ministry that God had covenanted me to and asked me to serve uh, was, was doing things that weren't bad at all, like so good, but they had gotten focused on buildings, like building buildings. And I just, I had seen that happen a lot in ministry where it's kind of like a house for, for most homeowners. It's like, I want a bigger house. I've seen that in ministry where, where ministers begin to pursue a building out of like a building lust that kind of comes on them. And it's like, it takes them out of the will of God sometimes. And I had had my reservations. I had not heard from God, but I had had reservations that, hey, we could actually rent or buy a building. Uh, that would be cheaper than building some of these building numbers I'm seeing, and we can start ministry tomorrow. We don't have to wait for a contractor to get found. We don't have to wait to buy land. We don't have to wait to raise money. We got enough resources to come in and do the ministry right now, like start the Bible school right now. And so, like, in my mind, I saw how it was supposed to go on paper, and it was not going in that direction. And so out of that, I was not vocal I, I did not uh, say, hey, like, what are you doing? I did not decrease my monthly support. I'm in India now, preaching and teaching. But I also knew that there were some things that God had asked me to do that I had had in my mind what was a good excuse not to do, and I was leaving it undone. And the Lord said, I want you to correct that. I got emotional. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, besides that, it's not your ministry. You don't know what I've spoken to his heart. It's not yours. I've entrusted into his care. And I've asked you to serve that. And he said, besides that, this is the Lord speaking to my heart, he said, besides that, do you honestly believe Everyone who serves or attends your church agrees with everything that you do? I wanted to say, well, sure, but I knew the answer to that. I'm like, probably not. He's like, there's no probably to it. And he's like, did you realize that you eat from your own field? And the seed you sow in that field is the same harvest you'll eat out of? He's like, what type of harvest do you want to eat from? What type of field do you want? What type of follower do you want? Are you being that kind of follower? I'm trying to teach you how not to be in control so I can help you later on down the road. He said, be the kind of partner you want. I said, you're right, Lord. I repent. I'm crying. I get emotional with things like this, and I'm crying. And that night, we had the meeting, and we're going up in the, uh, the elevator, and the missionary was in there with me. And he said, hey, can you come up to my room? And I knew that this was my moment to repent to him. And so we get in the elevator, and we're, we're going up. At, and he says, hey, come to my room, and I have something I want to give you. And we go in the room, and he gives me this leather-bound journal. It was so neat. Like, it had screws in it that you could unscrew uh, the journal so that you could take paper in and out and that kind of thing. Just very neat. I'm like, thank you so much. And he said, I want to give you this because you're our number one partner. 
and our chief supporter. And I said, thank you for that. I said, actually, there's something I need to tell you. I said, I have been unfaithful in what God has asked me to do for you. And the Lord has told me it's discouraged you because what should have already been done in the earth has remained undone because I have withheld support. I said, I want to repent. And he's like, no. He's like, you're, you've been great. And I'm like, there are things that the Lord has asked me to do that you never have. I'm like, I want you to write down a list of everything you're believing God for. And I'm going to believe God for it with you. And the biggest thing on this list was this building that he wanted to build. And so as soon as we got home, we doubled his support that we give to him a month. Doubled it. And I made it my mission that this year we're going to build that building. And so as of last week, we cut the last $150,000 check as a ministry to construct a brand new Bible school right in the heart of northern India. Excited about that. But this year what God has done for this ministry has blown my mind. I cannot fathom in the midst of all that we are going on as a nation where God gave us a building on the best piece of real estate in all of Mississippi. We have a building right on Holling Colony Parkway, 12.5 acres, 45,000 square feet, right next to the Costco, building a Wendy's, maybe a Chick-fil-A, like a whole bunch of other stuff, all on Highland Colony, just handed to us, given to us. We didn't buy it. We didn't purchase it. Handed it to us. All throughout this year, we have seen God's faithfulness where what Satan meant for evil has actually turned out into our good. And while we have not been able to do things in person the way that we wanted to do things, it has expanded our ministry all over the world and all over the states. And uh, it's amazing. Even the CBS broadcast, who's it's reaching and where it's being uh, seen, all these times, it's amazing. It's amazing. And somebody says, well, why does that happen? I ask the same thing. I look at it, I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. Could it be because back in October, a little over a year ago, we made a decision to be a doer and not just a hearer? This week, I was at a, a place where I was, I'm closing. I closed my Bible and everything. It's getting real. <laughs> I was at a place with ministers. And I was looking at some of these ministers, and I see how much more gifted they are than me. More talented. Just by God. I mean, just natural communicators, people running around the room when they preach. I'm like, I want a runner one day, God. I, just, I, I, I don't even get a stander. Like, I'm kidding. I'm a teacher more than a preacher. Comes with the territory. But anyway, I'm watching this happen, and I know a lot of these people personally. 
and I have become dissatisfied in what they have been experiencing. And I took it up with the Lord through intercession. Intercession is prayer where you place one hand on somebody and another hand on the Lord and you bring the two together. I'm like, Father, I expect you to see them. I mean, like I'm going after it with God. I expect you to see that you deliver them that you bless their ministry, that you get them out of debt, that you help them reach their community like I see the communicators they are. And, Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name that you're pouring out your favor and opening up the windows of heaven. And finally, the Lord corrected me. And in my heart, he said this. He said, are you judging me unfaithful? And I said, no, Lord. He said, Joel, you don't know what I've asked them to do. And you don't know what I've asked them to do that remains undone. He said, here's how I want you to pray for them. Pray that the Holy Spirit can bring to their remembrance the things that I've already said unto them. Because when they're a doer of the word and not just a hearer of what I've asked them to do, they will be blessed in their deed. And as I began meditating on that, I'd written a message already for this weekend. And the Lord said, I want you to have a moment where you ask the people that you minister to this weekend the same thing. Have you been faithful? Who is the person that God's able to promote? Who is the man and the woman that God's able to exalt? It's those who have yielded themselves and humbled their heart put themselves in a position to hear the voice of the Lord and then worked up the courage to be contrite and humble enough to submit themselves to that word and be a doer of it no matter how much it cost them. But if you'll work up the courage to offer up Isaac, if you'll work up the courage to stand on that hill, you'll see Jehovah Jireh. You'll see a Lord who will see and provide. You'll see his grace meet you on that very mountain. And you'll have the Lord say, look out. And all that you have been seeing and all that you've been praying about, that is exactly what I will give you, you who have heard my voice and you who have humbled your heart. So today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, humble your heart. Don't harden it as they did in the day of provocation. And tempt the Lord and circle the same mountain for 40 years, neglecting a promised land God wanted to give them. But so hard of heart, they would never be a doer of what God asked them to do. Now hear the Lord say, what about you? What about you? Will you humble your heart to hear? And even further, will you submit your life to obey? If you do, it's the willing and the obedient who eat the good of the land. It's the hearer and the doer who are blessed in their work. Do you qualify? I know I'm trying. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, for every single person that is in this room and watching online. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that all of us will have humble hearts and all of us will be open and submitted to your plan and your will. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. We will humble our hearts and we will live on bended knee. We will surrender our lives over unto you. We thank you, Lord, for it. Heads bowed, eyes closed all over this place. 
If you want to make a decision today, whether you're in the room or watching online or by CBS, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Joel, I want to submit my life to the Lord. Here's the thing about the Lord. He doesn't need your perfection. He just needs your surrender. And if you come today and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to sell out to Jesus like I've never sold out to Jesus before. And I haven't been perfect. And I haven't got everything right. But the one thing I want to give God today is just my heart and my life and say, God, I'm going to try. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to stand up and believe for your grace to break out of this funk I may be in and say, God, I want to serve you with a whole heart and a living soul. And if that's you today, and you say, I want to make that decision for Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, there's no one looking around, I'm not going to make anyone look at you. But if you're here, and you want to say before God, I want to surrender fresh and anew before him. If that's you, I want you to do something, lift up your hand all over this place, all over this room, in the balcony, on the floor, online, watching in your living room. You may be in your pajamas with a coffee cup right now. You can lift that up too. Whatever it may be, it's just a posture of surrender to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I give you my all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, everybody in here, because after all, we all need this. Everybody in here, let's just pray this prayer. You can repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I submit to you. I lay down anything in my life that I have held on to that you've asked me to change. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You give me the grace to lay it down and the mercy for all my mistakes. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've forgiven me from every sin and every failure up to this point. So, Father, I forgive myself, and I say, Jesus is my Lord. God is my Father, and my best days are beginning right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give it up today for everybody who made it? Come on, Word of Life. Can we give it up for everybody who made a decision for Jesus?